in China right now, the most um, in-demand skill when it comes to sales associates is live streaming. Mm. And now fast forward two years in the rest of the world, what is going to be, how comfortable, how good are you on video? Are you educational? Are you expert enough? And are you entertaining? Live streaming is all the rage in China these days. Everything from clothes to cars are being sold through live streams. In today's episode, Tom Abbott has a chat with Ashley Dudaranok, a China marketing expert who is the founder of a China-focused social media agency, Alaris, and a China insights and training company, Chozan. In this episode, they talk about trends in China and the evolving role of sales professionals due to live streaming, changing the way products are sold. Ashley, it's great to have you here. Thanks for joining us on the Selling in Asia podcast. It's phenomenal to be here and thank you for having me. My pleasure. So let's just jump right in. You know, right now, more than ever, of course, you know, we've we've had a situation globally where it's been challenging for people to meet face to face. So, I mean, there's been a real big push to virtual selling and virtual Mm. meeting. So what's been going on and you know, what we love about you is your, your perspective on, on from, a, from a China perspective, right? So what's been going on in China as a result of you know, the COVID situation? Right. So I think the first important thing to understand about China is if you would like to see the future, you probably go and look what's happening in China right now, especially when it comes to retail, especially when it comes to technology, especially when it comes to adoption of that technology. And uh, with COVID, uh, China has unfortunately been hit first, and China has fortunately been one of the first countries to also come out of it. So if we look at the latest data that just came in right now, we see that China's GDP, for instance, right, it grew 3.2% in Q2 2020, and Mm. it was minus uh, 6.8% in Q1. So it is growing, it is recovering. What does it mean for sales? We see that, let's say, retail sales are in Q2 still down year on year, almost 4%, 3 3.9%. But online retail is up 7.3% in uh, half one this year. So what do we see? What's happening? Unsurprising retail, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And what do we see here? People are obviously adjusting. There is so-called new normal that's been established. A lot of things have changed. The business models, the way we market, the way we sell, the way we communicate, the way we see a doctor, the way we educate ourselves, all these things have changed. Mm. Um, But we see that people are still, you know, positive. They're excited. They're optimistic about the future. They're still purchasing. They're just purchasing on different platforms and slightly different products. So if we talk about your question was, you know, what has really changed in China? I would say Uh, Business models have changed. If we look from three perspectives and the first one, business models. First, everyone is doing live streaming. I know that we're going to be talking about live streaming today. And it's literally governments doing live streaming, talking about their agricultural produce, talking about the real estate in their cities, talking about investment opportunities in their cities. We see bloggers live streaming. We see farmers live streaming, selling their oranges or peaches or or watermelons in Hainan and Guiling, etc., etc. We see business owners, small business owners live streaming. Like if you have this shop of underwear 
somewhere in central Harbin, you will lock the doors in the evening and you will sit in front of the camera and you will live stream to hundreds of people, you know, and you will advise them on how to choose the, their favorite underwear. Um, even big bosses of big corporations are live streaming. They are talking, I mean, like the head of Gree, for instance, the China aircon manufacturer and basically um, uh, kind of home appliances manufacturer. He's live streaming about their products and they are not just live streaming and talking about the culture and the brand, but they're actually selling during those live streams. So this is number one. Um, it's not something that started during COVID. It's something that just hugely accelerated during COVID-19 uh, time. Um, at the same time, what else accelerates? Domestic brands definitely are on the rise. So everybody's interested in local um, Chinese culture, Chinese heritage brands, etc. We see community retail, talking about sales being very big right now. So purchases are happening within a community. There is a distribution center located next to your community. And what is a community? It is like two or three houses linked together and you can basically purchase together with your neighbors uh, in a tiny uh, neighborhood, let's say. We also have instant consumption. China is leading in that area, absolutely number one in the world, where people purchase something and a couple of minutes later, they expect this thing to be delivered right now. So it's of not course. only food. Yeah, it's not only food. It's not like you order on Food Panda or Deliveroo or whatever, and you, you're unhappy when your order arrives within an hour. So in yeah. China, you can order medicine, you can order jeans, you can order perfume, you can order luxury items, and the delivery will be within 30 minutes very often. Um, yeah. I remember that this 618, we just had this mid-year, um, um, basically, e-commerce festival, uh, set up by J JD, Jingdong, and right now a lot of other players, Pinduoduo and Alibaba and Douyin are participating in it as well. So um, the quickest delivery that they have achieved was eight minutes. The person clicked order an item and eight minutes later the item has reached his home. Now think about now, that, is right? It, is it a coincidence? I mean, eight is a very auspicious number as well. So I mean, how great is that, right? Maybe, maybe. They don't disclose. But in more than uh, 30 <laughs> cities, the deliveries happened within... 20 minutes. Just Amazing. think about that. So instant consumption is also there. And um, in terms of technology, again, uh, health tech is on the rise. Live streaming, live streaming, live streaming. Everybody is doing that. Uh, LED displays and holograms uh, right now to showcase the products better and also attract people in this online, uh, offline locations, right? These are also on the rise uh, post-COVID-19. And of course, we have a lot of unmanned technology and unmanned uh, store operators, uh, robots that are doing ticketing, sales, servicing, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And China is leading the way here. And the final um, thing that really got a big push this year is definitely 5G and 6G technology. China is already building their 6G, you know, plan and uh, stations, kind of uh, engineering and stuff like that. So a lot of things have changed and a lot of things have accelerated. And live streaming is sort of kind of at the core of it, all powered by consumers that want to be uh, pampered still. Yeah, so I love hearing this. So I mean, let, let, let's unpack some of these things because you, you, you really downloaded a lot, of, a lot of data there, right? But if we take a look back at um, the, the growth, right? So I, I heard you mention that uh, online sales have gone up by about 7%, you know, half year. Was, was that right? Something yes, like that? Yes, yeah? yeah. So while, while the, our listeners might go, well, 7% growth in online, to, to me, doesn't sound like a lot given the COVID situation. But I think we have to put that into context that 
China has often led the way in online sales, period, before mm. COVID, right? So it's sort of like you compare that number with, with other markets and their 7% is actually quite, quite a lot compared with other markets that maybe have never had a lot of online sales. You know what I mean? I mean, I feel like China has, has pre-COVID already was a powerhouse when it came to selling online. So for China to have a 7% increase over that is still mm. a huge increase. Absolutely. China's been number one online retail market in the world for the past, um, I don't remember, is it five or six years? Mm. Every single year. And they are right. number two um, um, market in the world in terms of everything else, right? After the US, in terms of consumer market. But in terms of online retail, they've been by far the biggest. And I think that's, that's amazing. And I think it's a great lesson for businesses around APAC and around the world is to really look at what China, not, not only what they're doing now, but what China had already been doing mm. pre-COVID was selling online. And I like what you say. It's about, you know, they're improving on and building upon what they had done before. I mean, a lot of countries and a lot of companies out there have been slow to adopt online sales. They've just been mm. slow, slow to the game. So for those companies that are slow to the game, of course, they, they might be posting higher percentages of their sales online because they never sold online before. And now that's all they can do, right? <laughs> but yeah. I think there's certainly some things that we can learn from China as far as, you know, you've really got to keep, you know, pushing the envelope and, and thinking about how can I do more online? So absolutely dive a little bit deeper, Ashley. So what, what, what are some of these trends that you're seeing over there? Right. So the first thing that I would like to really cement in, you know, our audience's minds is that in China, it's not about selling online or selling offline. It's not even about this kind of auto uh, integration or whatever you would call it uh, in the West. It's really about the concept of new retail and new retail is the merger of online and offline, not just driving traffic from one to the next. This concept uh, came into being uh, with Jack Ma a couple of years ago, and he basically said there will be new manufacturing, new financing, uh, new this, new that, and in the core of it, it's the new retail. And essentially, uh, in China, when you operate um, right now in 2020, you need to be part of one of the new retail ecosystems. And one such ecosystem is Alibaba ecosystem, which means they create um, databases, they create all the tech support online and offline, hard and software. And you as a brand, you come in and you plug yourself into this ecosystem in order to understand your customer profile better, distribute your products uh, on social media platforms, on e-commerce platforms, and also equip your offline locations with the trackers that help you collect data, understand your consumer better, and provide them you know, better things, kind of better offering. And you can be a small mom and pop store and be part of Alibaba ecosystem, or you can be a large brand and be part of Alibaba ecosystem. And the other ecosystem is JD, Jingdong, plus Tencent. So they also have their own ecosystem. So in China, this concept of new retail is really something that pushes businesses to be a part of this new retail, not just online, not just offline, and also not being in a position like in the West of, you know, sitting there and trying to invent all the 
um, databases, all the unmanned kind of assistance, all of this tech, all of this system just by yourself and trying to enter the 21st century. In China, you can come in and all those things were already created for you. You come in, you plug into this ecosystem and you are benefiting from it and you can learn a lot more and you can do a lot more, you can innovate. But at the same time, in China, offline is still very, very important. It needs to be proper offline location. You need to maximize your kind of yield per square meter. That is why we have all this tech to understand our consumers better. Um, but Chinese love to touch and feel and smell and be in offline environments. Um, so again, this is what we're building in China right now. It's truly new retail, not just, I believe that a lot of people lo looking at China right now, they're like, oh my God, all they do is basically sit there with bloggers and do live streaming and then go to Taobao or go to JD and they sell their stuff. That's not what's going on. There is a huge chunk that's happening online and also there's a huge chunk that's happening offline and they are merging together through this integration. So it sounds like what you're saying is it's not about this old way of thinking, which is like, oh, we used to be bricks and mortar. Yeah. That's dying. So now we need to get online. It's not either or, it's this blended, this new retail that you're talking about and that you've got to be equally adept at the bricks and mortar and be equally adept as the online sales because you've got customers that on one hand, they want to touch and feel merchandise. They want to come on and maybe try on a pair of jeans or feel it and they may buy it in the store, but they also may want to buy it online and get it delivered in eight minutes. Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, this experiential a concept of stores is becoming important. So the stores, brick and mortar, needs to change, right? It's not going to disappear ever, but it needs to change. It cannot be just a display of your items. Right. You need to use it as the best way for you to collect data about your consumers. Who came in? Did they come alone? Did they come with a friend? What are they doing? How long are they spending um, looking at certain things? Have they tried it? Did they like it? What was their comment? This is a phenomenal way to understand your customers. And at the same time, um, providing them, you know, a service, this and that, it's really an experience. It's a communication with clients, not just display of items. And that is the power. Most of the consumers will complete their purchases more and more increasingly online where they can read the reviews, where they can, uh, you know, rate the items, where they can choose colors, where they can return something they don't like, but they really need to have this, you know, uh, offline kind of experience. And it will take some years and it, we will see how it will balance out in different countries based on the culture, based on the availability of also online, offline kind of connection, right? It, 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 it will be very interesting to see, but essentially you are totally right that it's not the war between online and offline. Mm -hmm. The war is over and the winner is new retail. <laughs> I love that. So you, you, you talked about how it's, we can use the, the, the brick and mortar, if, if you're the retailer, right? If you're the seller, you can use the brick and mortar retail store as a great way to collect data, get some information, to interact with your customer, because that, that can give you some useful data for selling online, for example. So for those of you listening now and you're in sales and you're maybe not so tech savvy, but think about it this way, a perfect metaphor is before you start thinking about using social media to sell and start posting this, that, or the other, why don't you just pick up the phone and have a conversation with some of your customers? Get some usable, tangible, hard data straight from your customers that you work with now, 
phone, SMS, email, whatever, and then use some of that data as you try to sell to them online, right? So it's kind of a, a, a similar example, but on a smaller scale. So the question that I wanted to ask Ashley that I think is really worth exploring is, while retailers can see their storefronts as a way to collect data, so then what's the attraction for the customer? So what is it that Chinese customers are finding valuable or useful about going into an actual store versus buying online? Because we talked about the benefit for the, for the retailer, using it as a, as a way to capture data and whatnot, but what, what does the, the average Chinese consumer get still by going into a brick and mortar store? It's service, it's interaction, it's, I mean, you cannot, uh, you know, experience something as good in the online environment. We're not there yet. Once we have holograms and amazing kind of re virtual reality, maybe that will be closer. But right now, it's just like watching a movie on a really, really bad tiny screen in black and white or going into the immersive real life kind of HD experience. That's the difference. So mm -hmm. for a consumer, given the choice, everything else being equal, meaning they don't need to spend three hours getting to your store, meaning they are getting great service, meaning they you know, get the variety of colors and their size and whatever, they still prefer to be in physical location because for a lot of people here in Asia, not only in China, Shopping is a pastime. It is a hobby. It is window shopping. It is the way we right. socialize, the way we connect yes. with our friends. It is something to do. It is the reason to go to the city and to walk in the mall and to eat something nice. And it is exploration. People love exploring online. And there are great ways to do that through bloggers, through recommendations, through search, through unexpected kind of, you know, pop-up windows campaigns. They love exploring online, but exploring offline is... Um, again, an important activity. Hence, your store needs to be an attractive eye candy where people come in and they feel welcome and they can interact and they can get, you know, get, get, they get to feel that they are important and that, you know, oh, that's what this brand is all about. Okay, now they build a lot of reference points from what they saw online and now they see you for real in the offline environment. They will make a decision. They can purchase some things in the store. They can purchase some things online. They can purchase some things through your distributor. The customer does not care, but they kind of come into your, again, your mini ecosystem and they submit kind of by participating in this ecosystem, their data pool to you and you will get to know them better and you will have opportunity to build this long-term uh, relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what, uh, you know, what's in it for a customer. Yeah, and I think that's a really great reminder for us out there. I mean, when we're, when we're talking about technology, we're talking about online and blending retail with online. And I think it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of laggards out there that are just like, no, I mean, you know, the old way is the best way. Um, but there, look, there are some things about the traditional way of selling that we still want. I mean, look, if there's anything that we've learned from this COVID period is yes, we can adapt and yes, we can buy things online and that's great. But my gosh, everybody still misses the human touch. We miss interacting with people and going into a shop and sitting down and taking your time, you know, and all of that. So I, I, I think there's always gonna be a space for that, you know, as you, as you mentioned. And the key is going to be what's going to attract people to, to your store? And at the end of the day, look, when we're looking on a screen, it's really only stimulating a couple of senses. It's sight and sound, really. 
But when you walk into a store, it's sight, it's sound, it's smell, it's feel, it's, it's everything. It could be taste when, you know, like there are so many different things that you can experience in person. So for anyone that feels like, oh, you know, retail is dead, mm. storefronts are dead, they're not quite getting it because it's not this or that, it's these. Absolutely. And what we see in China right now, tons of holograms used, um, not only holograms, we have holograms and we also have the um, LED uh, displays. So imagine this, you're walking down the street and it's getting late. So it's sort of, sort of, you know, getting darker. And suddenly you see this whole door of a jewelry store light up with a huge ring with a display of jewelry. And there's a girl or a butterfly or something that flies in carrying. It's incredible. I was literally a couple of days ago, absolutely fascinated looking at a hot pot restaurant and the door, the entrance to that hot pot restaurant literally had this mist kind of, you know, uh, pouring down. And then there was an um, um, anime warrior, like a woman warrior from anime, standing there and basically making noodles as a hologram, attracting people to come into that store. It was just absolutely fascinating. So obviously, the more we move, we move towards you know, 6G adaption, the more these things will be normal because we are all going to have our own little picture and our own little scenario played to it's us. Like an episode. It's, it's like... It's like uh, a real, ready player one that's what right ready player one <laughs> or, or blade runner right yeah absolutely absolutely so if you think that this is unachievable and this is far away no it's not far Happen. away we see um you know islands of that already happening and led literally i haven't seen so much of those led screens being adapted um uh, in storefronts ever and right now post covid 19 people are trying to attract you know, uh, passerbys into their stores and they're using this really cool technology. So yeah. we are definitely going to see that coming as well. Very cool. I, I love that. I love that. So, you know, it's like you, you talked about, it's like uh, a scene out of Ready Player One. It's like uh, Ready Seller One. Like <laughs> Ready Sellers. You've got to be ready to use technology, right? That, and it's a message I feel like we really need to hit home, Ashley, because a lot of people... Mm. There's a couple things. They either feel like technology uh, won't replace certain things we do, which it already has and it will, and it, and it should. I could go on a lot about that. Uh, or they feel like they just don't get it. And I feel like a lot of people that are critical of technology and think it won't work, it's because they just don't know how to use it. Mm. And also fear. We cannot yeah. discount. I think a lot of people are in denial because of fear. I hear that every day. They say, yeah, China, you know, they, there's no privacy. There's this, you know, Lord knows what the system is going to do with all this data. And, you know, it's also scary and they're moving so fast. And we are in denial because we are really scared. But mm. end of the day, what you need to realize right now in 2020 is that the train has already departed. You can be upset about it. You can stand on the station. You can be very frustrated and you can decide not to hop on the train. Yes, but the train has departed just like with electricity a couple of hundred years ago. The electricity is coming and electricity is going to revolutionize the way hospitals are run, uh, department stores are run, the way we, we teach, the way we fly, the way we commute, the way we do everything. And if you don't want to be part of it, it's your choice. But 
the train has departed. The same with AI, the same with technology. In China, they are implementing, they are moving fast. They are not inventing majority of that stuff. They are not the inventors. It's not that they brought evil tech and right now, you know, it's yeah. happening and oh my God, it's also fast. But no, they're adopting they just, Yes, they are just implementing it. They are at the stage of implementation, not experimentation, right? And this is the beauty of it. And it can be scary, but only if we decide to jump on the train, we have the ability to steer it in one direction or the other. Technology is not bad or good. Change is not bad or good. It's just, it's there. And it's it up is. to us. Where it's do we steer inevitable. it? It's inevitable. inevitable. And if we are not part of that discussion, if we are not on the train, so to mm -hmm. speak, and we are standing and we're in denial and we are frustrated and we are just not moving ahead. We have no say into where this train is going. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm reminded of this expression. It's there, there are three kinds of people out there. People that make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who go, what happened? <laughs> you know, and it's sort yeah. of like we have to choose which, you know, who do we want to be? Who do we want to be? And I love what you said about it's not that China's inventing this technology. They're, they're just adopting it or, or implementing it. But you also said experimenting. And to me, that's a huge thing. And I talk about this in sales all the time. Just try something just try something different and it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be great the first time but you'll learn as you go on i mean we were talking before this podcast episode here that we've been doing virtual sessions for over 10 years so it made it easier for us to transition into this new reality that we're mm. in right now and look our videos that we did you know in 2009 not great but they're still better than a lot of people that i see today and it's like we we really it's sad but we had a head start right you had a head start it may not be perfect but you try it and you just get better more confident because you know confidence breeds confidence and then this confidence breeds more competence you just get better you just got to keep working at it so i think anybody they need to get on board the train as you say right now and just start experimenting and see where it's going to go because we're not going backwards that's for sure Absolutely, Tom. And I love how you said, you know, perfect, perfect, perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. We all know that. But even more importantly, when I just got to China in 2006, I remember that phrase, which was probably the first business lesson that I learned in China. And it was, I looked at all these advertising, you know, walking on the streets and I saw these ads and they were so horrible, just horrible colors, uh, low resolution, you know, you clearly cut kind of cut pictures, like really crude. It was horrible. And I would like ask a couple of people that worked in advertising back then, I said, how do you allow these things to go out? How do you, you know, how do you basically, how do these get a pass? And then the person seriously looks at me and says, perfect is just not fast enough. And for mm -hmm. me, that phrase completely changed the way I understood China because everything was happening so fast while somebody is still editing that picture, while somebody is still coming up with their offer. Let's imagine an international years. brand. Yes, somebody's already doing business. Somebody's already had this offer and yes, it's ugly, but it works. And over time, they're gonna improve it. But essentially the speed with which the world is developing right now, but I will, again, I'm focusing on China and with China's speed that is even faster than the speed of the world, 
Um, you just cannot be perfect. is not fast enough. So you need to be good enough and then just go good enough and go experiment and basically push beyond. Same things happen with live streaming. Look at live streaming. A lot of people look at it and go like, oh my God, it just happened in 2020. No, live streaming was there in China for two years. Two years. We have more than 200 platforms in China where you can go to live stream. It's not three. It's not four. It's not Instagram live. 200 <laughs> platforms. That's and crazy. what do we do with? Yeah. And what do we do with live streaming? Obviously, e-commerce right now has totally, totally stole the party. But at the same time, <laughs> we have we have uh, education sector that is live streaming, especially since the beginning of this year. We have yeah. literally primary school kids learning for half a year through live streams. Um, we have continuous education courses, this and that. We have offline entertainment being fully taken online through live streams. We have, um, let's say, tourism um, also being, uh, or like museums, etc., live streaming to support their uh, operations, etc. And when we look at the numbers, right, e-commerce live streams uh we by the end of this year it is predicted that we're going to have 524 million online live streaming users in china that's 40 percent of chinese population and that's 62 percent of china's internet users think about that they're going to be on live streams when you say on live streams you mean watching live streams watching live streams and purchasing from live streams so one these are two one in two people purchasing from a live stream that's incredible and 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 this has happened in two years they experimented they have a lot of platforms they've done good things bad things they've tried they and now they've arrived at a place where as i said you are a, an owner of a small noodle store in shenzhen you sell half of your noodles to walk-in clients and you say another, sell another half of your noodles because you have five phones and you're live streaming on five platforms and people place orders on your live stream. If you are you know, selling underwear and you're a tiny store selling pink underwear for children, you are live streaming. If you are in B2B business, for example, um, you are an ex you're going to an expo yeah, and let's say you're selling chemicals. Yeah, you have a booth in the offline location in an expo, but at the same time, you have five phones and you're live streaming to your customers online. So you are having this offline setting because people come and ask you questions in a physical um, space, but you're live streaming to people that cannot be with you and you are doing twice, three times, four times more business. More scale. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, and I just love it's all about just get started, just do it. You know, I'm reminded mm. of this quote from, by Aristotle who says, well begun yeah. is half done. Well yeah. begun is half done. And it's consistent with what you said, perfect isn't fast enough. And there are so many people out there. So all the viewers and listeners right now, like if you're sitting on an idea and you're just waiting for that script to be perfect, you're waiting for the perfect list to target, you're waiting for the right camera or the right technology or the no. right phone, stop waiting and just start. You know, you talked about the live streaming. We, we actually did live streams on Google Hangouts like five or six years ago. We were live streaming. <laughs> So it's sort of like, this is not new stuff. The platforms change, the technology changes, but the concept is still there. So it's just like, give it a try. Just put your foot in the water and get going. I love that. Perfect isn't fast enough. And who wins the race, right? It's always those people that are first, you know? They're out of the gates quick. They try things, they fail fast, they make improvements. 
and they're ready to go and they've taken market share. They've got customer loyalty. They've got a fan base and they're making money while you're still trying to figure it out. Get started. What are you waiting for? And the most important, who wins? People that compete, people that get in the game. If you're not in the game, there's no way you're ever going to win, right? No chance at all. So why don't we just you know, spend a couple minutes talking a little bit more about live streaming. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who are watching and listening right now who are like, okay, so I'm in, I'm in sales and I'm selling whether it's B2B or B2C. Mm. Um, you know, what, what are some, 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 some ways that I can start live streaming that, that would you know, apply in, in my day-to-day -day context? What are some things that, that people should be looking at right now as far as live streaming in a, in a sales context? Right, so if you're a salesperson, I would say there are two major things that you need to, you need to really prepare for. First of all, um, you need to get your sales skills compatible with digital environment. And very often we have sales scripts and we have our consumer profiles and we, throughout the years, a month, we receive some sort of, you know, kind of, we, we get acquainted with how to sell, you know, what questions to ask when it is one-on-one. -on -one. Very often it's a one-on-one -on -one scenario. But imagine you are right now on one of those TV shows in the 90s in the US and you are selling a frying pan to a million Americans and you tell them that just now, only for you, this pen is 9.99 and you can place your order just below here. If you buy right now, the second one is going to come at half price and you're going to give it to your favorite aunt. So that's exactly the style that you need to adapt. And this is definitely a lot of adjustment, right? So this communication one to many, um, that comes through number one, um, Obviously, you need to showcase that you are an expert in what you're selling. So you need to understand a lot about this pen you're selling. So this we usually have kind of tick. Number two, you need to be an entertainer. And unfortunately, this is what a lot of salespeople are either uncomfortable with or totally just totally horrible at. So when you are doing a live streaming presentation. You don't need to make fool of yourself, but you need to be entertaining. You need to be interesting to watch. Otherwise, people are not going to give you that face as they would when you are doing it in an offline setup. So um, uh, changing your style, right? And number three, of course, it needs to be uh, educational, right? So telling the story. Uh, you need to have, like we have a script, but this time it's not just a script. It is a story that usually goes through a couple of live streams. Like you have your own TV series and then you go from one episode to the next and you are telling this longer story. People really appreciate that. Um, and of course, you know, including a couple of... Um, hot topics, uh, bringing in a couple of, you know, people as experts, all this can be added on top. What kind of platform to choose? As I said, in China, for instance, 200 platforms, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Uh, one of the best platforms, for example, to sell fruits uh, is uh, Pinduoduo. Uh, one of the best platforms to sell uh, outfits is um, Weitao, so you do uh, Taobao Live, um, etc. If this doesn't matter, but you really need to get your um, message and your format straight. And the second thing that you need to start doing as a salesperson right now when it comes to live streaming is um, you need to go through a sales training, which is focused on live streaming. So 
it's simple things like what is the light uh, how to you know what are the punch phrases what do you need to repeat every couple of minutes uh, how to make sure that the engagement doesn't fall do you need to send them let's say in china it's very common every couple of let's say 15 minute chunks you give them the, the prize and they need to like your post with little hearts like non-stop they press hearts that gives you more exposure so every couple of minutes you need to send that and that keeps you at the top of the page so a lot more people view you all these things are not difficult but they are not obvious and what i love and i see more and more in china right now in 2020 um and it's already q3 we see that companies big and small b2c and b2b start training their sales teams to be live streamers and you will see an army of people standing there with those light rings yeah, and cameras awesome. you, you've seen them right sure. and this is awesome and they talk about literally they talk about selling cars and they talk about selling snacks and it can be as i mentioned multiple times for me the most hilarious example was when i saw literally this tiny shop owner like selling his whole store is a concept store it's pink underwear for kids <laughs> That's it. I mean, it doesn't go more niche than that. Yeah, right. And it's a cartoon character, you know, on, on imprinted on it. That's what he sells, pink underwear for kids. And he's live streaming about that. And he's got people and he has achieved certain level of success. So um, starting to train and prepare for that uh, is really, really important. And um, then just do it. The more you do it, the better you become. In China right now, the most um, in demand skill when it comes to sales associates is live streaming mm. and now fast forward yeah. two years in the rest of the world what is going to be how comfortable how good are you on video are you educational are you expert enough and are you entertaining can you do that can you tick those boxes if you can your lifetime success and employment is probably if not guaranteed that you're at least safe for a couple of years i love that so you know the the number one tool that I think everyone needs to succeed in sales is adaptability. They've got to be able to change and to flex because again, the technology has changed, but it's changed all the time for, for yeah. decades. The technology has changed. So whether you were a door-to-door -door salesperson in the fifties, you know, the, the 1950s and you, that's how you were. And then you've got your, you got the phone and now you've got email coming in and you've got, SMS and WhatsApp and WeChat and you've got a whole bunch of things happening. Social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. The text changes and now live stream, you got video. So you've got to be able to sell on Zoom and then live streaming. So it's just the tech has changed and we've got to have the mindset to change along with that. So let's, just, let's just wrap up here, Ashley. What are some of the, the social media platforms that if you're, if you're, within China or beyond China, and you're trying to reach the Chinese customer, what are some of the platforms that, that reps need to be really proficient at and comfortable with? Right, so when it comes to China, because there are basically two universes, one is China, digital universe, and there's everything outside of China. So when it comes to China, you definitely need to be very good when it comes to Taobao life. That's the biggest. They saw this opportunity early on. And for the past two plus years, they've been investing into having the most stable, the most, um, you know, the most cool platform to support live streamers. They have bloggers, they have uh, companies live streaming. Uh, literally, it's like landing on Amazon and tapping uh, into the homepage and seeing 
all the products that you are searching for are actually being live right now and people present to you why their product is the best. It's absolutely amazing. Um, at the so let same me just time, pause for, let's just pause right. for a minute. So for those that are just trying to conceptualize this, and I like an example that you shared earlier. It's sort of like in the, in the 80s and the 90s when you watch the Home Shopping Network or yeah. QVC, right? Where, where it was one person doing a pitch of their product, right? L live streaming, right? But what yeah. we're talking about now is it's like platforms where it's like that's all that's happening. And it's hundreds of live streams happening at once, hundreds of reps selling their products or services at one time on these multiple platforms, like 200 platforms, and then hundreds or thousands of people selling on these hundreds of platforms at one time. And if you want to get noticed in a noisy world, you got to be pretty darn good on camera. Is, is this what we're talking about here, Ashley? Absolutely. You need to be good at it. And of got course, uh, on the platform itself, imagine, imagine Amazon, right? You go on Amazon and you see your homepage. Um, there are some products that are recommended to you because you're purchasing them all the time. So you can see that these products are not only recommended to you because you purchase them all the time, but they also pick the ones that are live right now. So if I'm looking for a new bag, it will not be just, oh, here are the bags, but it will be, okay, this is the product. And this shop is right now talking about this product. So I click on it and it opens and I have usually uh, one live streamer and sometimes this one live streamer is interacting with another live streamer. So two of them are talking and they are showing me the product and they are funny and they're knowledgeable and sometimes they're tearing bags apart. Sometimes they are burning them. They do whatever is necessary to convince me that, oh my God, this is the best deal right now. And because I caught them on live stream, again, it can be a great deal. It can be an additional... Um, um, a tiny gift that they give me, but they basically motivate me to purchase right now. Got it. Wow. Okay, cool. That's exciting. So aside from the live streaming platforms, what are some of the, 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 the so social media platforms or, or, you know, instant messaging platforms that reps need to really be aware of right now? Right. So, of course, in China, social media right now is actually also e-commerce. And a lot of e-commerce platforms are becoming social media. So this merger is happening uh, right now. It's not that the platforms are merging. It's just that the functions right, are expanding uh, into each other's category. So we don't have I mean, pure... It's the, blending. it's the blending. Blending, absolutely. And we don't have pure social media platforms anymore, and we don't have pure e-commerce platforms anymore. So they're literally competing. And the thing that sets them apart is really the uh, the uh, focus I would say and the touch and feel a little bit and uh, some functionalities uh, but most importantly the user base because China is such a huge market there's so many people and we of course have very niche segments of consumers so it's not that we look okay this is the platform for millennials well excuse me there are hundreds of subgroups of millennials and many of them have their own kind of social media go to community go to right. place and because in China there's so many people those niche communities of which we have more than 60 in mainland china they have 
you know, enough audience to survive and be, you know, successful. So um, there are obviously WeChat, but WeChat is really not a social media platform. It's really not an e-commerce platform. It is an operating system for life in China. It is a, where everything happens, where you uh, donate, uh, you know, to charity, where you call your grandmother, where you are stalking your friends, where you are reading the news, where you are um, working and your boss sends you contracts to sign where you are zooming your friends. This is what WeChat is. It's literally an operating system for life. Um, there is Weibo, which is a very old, they started in 2009, kind of old for China social media platform. It's for microblogging. They um, got a lot of investment from uh, Alibaba. So they have the money, they have the power, they have the users. They came out of their decline very, very nicely. And right now they have a lot of new kind of functions and shops. And you know, there's a lot of the power of Weibo are the bloggers. They have a lot of bloggers on that platform and people go to watch number two, hot topics which is like gossip, right? Mm -hmm. What is hot right now by your city, by your region? What are people talking about? What is basically trending? And number two, they go there to um, pretty much watch their favorite bloggers. And in China, just like in a lot of Asian cultures, um, fandom, being a fan of something or someone is really, really big. Like look at Japan, right? We have Godzilla fans. So in China, we also have fans of people, groups, uh, TV series, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very important community. And for them, Weibo is the most important place to go. This year, obviously, um, a very popular app, Douyin, in, in the West is called TikTok. So in China, everybody is on Douyin. Everybody's watching those addictive videos. What's <laughs> cool about it, it's purely entertaining. Um, what's cool is that trying to blend in a lot more sales functions and promotions and apart from ads, these kind of shops, but people buy only by impulse something that's very cheap. Like you wouldn't go to Douyin to buy something serious. You would buy something within, I would say 50 to 100 RMB that doesn't hurt. And you saw it, it's cool, you just purchase. Um, but it's again, very like addictive. Purchases, it's basically like purchases at the checkout counter of a store, right? Yeah. Something that you're just like, oh, why not? Yeah. Sure, easy, yeah. you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So you are being interrupted because you go to Douyin to, again, to look at the pictures and not pictures, but videos of kitty cats and people dancing and it's all silly. And again, Douyin and the power of ByteDance, the company behind Douyin is in their algorithms, in their AI powered, whatever it's called and mm -hmm. whatever it means these days by AI powered um, algorithm that makes sure that they understand not only what you say you like, but how do you actually consume content? What do your friends consume? Where did you go? What did you message to your friend? What are the keywords? They put it all together to create a personalized timeline just for you that you just cannot stop scrolling. It's scary how good it is. If you think Facebook or YouTube ads are haunting you across the internet, Try Douyin, like not TikTok, but Douyin. It's scary how good they are. So, and this is the power of Douyin. Um, what else? We, of course, have read uh, in China, it's called Xiao Hongshu. It is a recommendation, kind of personal experience sharing platform. People love it because it's user to user. So, essentially, you go and you review something that you, it started when people went abroad and they brought in products cosmetics uh, outfits or some of the traveling destinations or the traveling itineraries ag agendas etc and they reviewed it so right now you go there and you 
are looking to discover something new. You're looking for somebody to recommend you high quality, usually international, but right now also a lot of domestic brands are there, something that you didn't know before. So a lot of mother and baby, a lot of cosmetics, most of the women, uh, most of the people on the platform are women. It's more than 90 or 95% of users are women. It's it's huge. This year in particular, post-COVID, we have Zhuhu, an amazing platform as well for B2B marketers, uh, where you essentially, it's like Chinese Quora, and you go and you really introduce uh, your industry, your um, complicated products. That's why it's good for B2B sales because usually it's not something obvious. It's information beyond obvious. Why are you so good? Your tech, your kind of insider information a little bit. Uh, you can also talk about your brand, et cetera, et cetera. So Juhu is really powerful when it comes to that. Uh, there's Billy Billy. Well, when it comes to younger people from, uh, from uh, higher tier cities, they love watching videos. Um, especially these bullet comment functions, you know, like we, the two of us are talking and right. then there are hundreds of bullets, basically people commenting while we talk, appearing cool. on the screen. And some people in, I would say, um, some younger people find it very entertaining. And that's the reason they are on this platform. But a lot of older people, I would say above 45, find it extremely annoying. So <laughs> it's either or, right? Yeah, um, yeah Billy Billy is very good because they're still a cheap, platform they're still new to advertising and this whole e-commerce boom so they are really really good and again as i said in china there's 60 plus platforms you can find for instance platforms that specifically target um elderly women in uh, first second and third tier cities that do square dancing you know they go to go to the squares <laughs> and they yeah talk they about a niche market talking about a niche market and you can sell them you won't believe it but you can sell them for instance uh silk scarves oh, they love those silk yeah the silk scarves you can sell to them you know this hair thinning products like treatment i'm picturing my mom right now and she's yeah. on board <laughs> yeah, yeah so all that is happening in china and um this is very very exciting that's really cool so this this is great so for you know for me to wrap this up I, i'm thinking for any sales professionals out there, not just in China, but around APAC and the world, it's, it's looking at what's working now in China. And that's, that's today, but that's the future. That's, that's your future. And to me, it's just technology. It's, it's, it's adoption. It's being willing to experiment, to try new things, to adapt, to fail fast. Perfect isn't fast enough. To me, that's something I'm going to be thinking about uh, for the next few weeks for sure. Thanks so much, Ashley. This was really great. I love these conversations. It's good to, to reconnect and, and to chat about what's going on in your world uh, right now. So uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. And if I could just give a little slogan to this whole episode, I would say, remember how a couple of years ago, everybody was talking about, we are all in sales. Doesn't matter what you do. We are all constantly selling to each other. You don't need to have sales person in your title to be in sales. We're all in sales. A couple of days ago, a friend of mine from China said, we are all in show business. <laughs> and this is what live streaming is all about. So if you're not comfortable being on camera and putting yourself out there, the time is over. We are now at this day and age, all in show business. And of course, we're still in sales. Let's go get them guys. I love it. If, you're, if you don't think you're in show business, you'll be out of business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Ashley. Great to see you again. Awesome. Chat soon. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Take care. If you want to go deep into implementing social selling, 
we have a brand new social selling course coming out shortly on our e-learning platform, Soko Academy. Check the link in the show notes for more details about the course.